You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause, and I feel bad for my next guest because he is a really, A, a really good guest, B, does a great job on the ringer, whether it's with um, breaking down the NFL and what bets to do with the ringer or the House of Carbs or all this golf coverage. Joe House is a great guest, but every time we have him on, it's usually to yell at him, and I'm going to do that as well, but then the rest of it is going to be nothing but praise and talk NBA and NFL. Anyway, Joe, really appreciate Thank you for joining the show today. Matthew, what am I getting yelled at for this time? What you're getting yelled at for this time is you. And, and by the way, everyone go back and listen to it, the podcast with you and Bill Simmons, breaking down the topic, 70 players. It's, it's a great listen. It is a great listen. But in the <laughs> middle of it, in the middle of it, there was two minutes worth of praise for Andrea Bargnani. And I can't stand that. I won't hear anyone. And I'm part Italian. I'm ashamed to be part Italian. I can't sit here and listen to anyone say good things but Andrea Bargnani. That was Simmons. It wasn't me. I don't have anything good to say. I mean, he did not live up to first pick in the draft potential. He never met that standard. But he had like a, you know, double-double kind of season or two in the mix. He wasn't the worst bust in the history of first-round picks. I no, mean, he wasn't. And, and, it was a, in, in, a, in a backhanded compliment kind of manner that we were talking about him because I've been calling Lowry Markkinen uh, the Finnish Bargnani for, for a number of years, the, the former Bull now with the uh, Utah Jazz who's having a really resurgent season. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't feel like we were saying good things about Bargnani. I, it, there was nice things that were being said. I got triggered. I needed to get that off my chest. The healing can <laughs> begin now. Thank you. Um, let, there's so many different places to go, but actually, we'll, we'll stick with the Raptors. Because when the last time you came on, we yelled at you for picking the under. But that was like a couple of years ago. And maybe we, we, sh- we all took the over this year for the Raptors. And they're just, you know, they've lost like five in a row. They've lost some bad games. And just from someone who views the whole league, you know, it's not like you're sitting there day in and day out watching what Nick Nurse is doing. But just from your perspective, are you as confused about the Raptors' play as we are here in Toronto? I am confused. I I thought one of the things that I was going to ask you is what's going on with the Raptors because I was on before the season and and we talked about how I liked their over coming in. The the total win total projection for them was 46.5. They had 48 wins last year. It is this curious mix of players that are all 6'8 or 6'9, but the attributes that made them successful last year was terrific offensive rebounding, great at forcing turnovers, uh, great in transition defense, and we're not seeing any of those things uh, this season, at least not consistently. No. One of the things that, that we sort of wondered aloud to each other, you know, is, is it uh, necessary in the, this modern NBA to have a center? The problem looks like they, there's no rim protection for the Toronto team, so they're missing out a lot on, on defense. What, what, what's going on up there? Yeah, the, 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 the center is definitely a big one, and the Raptors take on Joel Embiid tonight. Oh, if you wanted to bet that Joel Embiid would get 20 points, if you bet $100, you would win back 50 cents. 
That's how much <laughs> Vegas. That's so, so if you want to bet uh, Joel and B to get 20 points, you will make 50 cents if you bet 100 bucks. But it kind of just speaks to they have no, uh, they don't have any rim protection. They have no center. The shooting's been up and down. It's just, it's been really disappointing because the Raptors, 48 wins last year. Okay, another year with Scotty Barnes. They're bringing the entire team back. We all expected the team to be better, and they're not. I mean, it, the sad thing is the Utah Jazz have more wins. The Pacers have more wins. The Knicks have more wins. It's, it's, it's very depressing right here in Toronto. And, and it got so bad, Joe, someone was bringing up Victor Wembanyama, and I had to remind everyone the Pistons and Charlotte and San Antonio still in the league. The Raptors are not a team that's going to be able to tank. Well, I don't know if that's the case. And then let me uh, ask the question. I mean, right now the Raptors are like Washington. They're closer to the bottom than the top. And there is kind of this existential question confronting both franchises. You know, we're at the the time of the year. uh, Christmas is is right around the corner. So the the sporting public is going to start paying attention to the NBA a little bit more because football, NFL football is winding down uh, a tiny bit. Um, and, you know, we're, we're kind of sizing up um, who the buyers might be and who the sellers might be and what teams are candidates to potentially blow it up. And, and in the uh, uh, Eastern Conference, the, the candidates are, are obviously Washington and Chicago, but I think I might have the Raptors as a team to keep an eye on as a potential seller coming up to the trade deadline. I mean, are you hearing the same things? Well, we're now starting to have that conversation. Look what Masai Ujiri did out of nowhere, trading and getting Kawhi Leonard. This obviously would be a very different sort of situation. The idea I threw out there is Scotty Barnes is a great playmaker, great passer. Uh, he's the same height as, as Magic Johnson. Trade Fred Van Vliet. Make Scotty Barnes your, your starting point guard. And I'm, I'm kind of half serious about that idea. But the fact that we're even having this conversation means our expectations have changed greatly from the start of the year. Well, I, the thing that I wondered about, and, and I, I um, put this to you and your listeners who watch the, have eyes on the Raptors um, on a consistent basis, the things that made them good last year that, that led to their success are all effort items. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if there's a chemistry thing happening that's, that's feeding into to the effort. And the, the problem there is uh, when you are the all-effort team, that's great in the regular season. It doesn't work in the postseason, and it only has so much of a shelf life. We are joined by one of our favorites. It's Joe House. You, you read him, you hear him on the Ringer Podcast Network on a variety of different podcasts. Moving over to the NFL. Um, was, if we wanted to talk about the wildest weekend, I, I think we could say this past weekend was. I don't remember like, just what happened in the end of that Patriots-Raiders game. I wonder if that's going to have a bigger picture impact on what that team does going forward. I've never seen New England look, look I don't want to say dumb, but just look that clueless out there. Well, I will say this. The spiked eggnog was definitely flowing through the <laughs> NFL universe this weekend because it, it, was, it was really a beautiful thing for anybody that was able to just watch and not have you know their team on Sunday night put up a stinker, uh, which you know, might have been most of the rest of the NFL Fan base, but um, that that Patriots situation. Speaking of teams that have existential questions in front of them, uh, listen to my good buddy Bill Simmons, the Podfather, along with his uh, faithful cohort uh, cousin Sal on their uh, weekly Sunday night pod. And, and you know, one of the things that they were musing is what's kind of the point at this stage for Bill Belichick. And the only thing that's really 
in front of him is getting the all-time wins record as a, as a head coach because the identity of this team, and you just touched on it, is so radically different, this Patriots team. They make dumb mistakes every week in quantities that are more appropriate for franchises that have you know, not been to the playoffs in the last 10 years and don't have any playoff wins in the last 15 years look like a bottom-tier franchise. They're, they're all mental mistakes. They look uh, discoordinated, uncoordinated, and, and discombobulated. And it's just <laughs> so not what we expect out of the Patriots. I mean, you know, maybe this is some karma for the 20-year run that they had. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. No one's feeling sorry. No one is feeling no feel sorry. I'm not. No, you're not. Actually, your team, uh, What just that was some of the worst um, officiating for people who don't know. I should, I'd be a good radio host. Uh, Joe from Washington, Washington area, a Washington <laughs> fan. Uh, the Seawards the versus the Giants. I mean, not only was that game marred by a lot of calls that all went against Washington, but I, the idea of the Giants making the playoffs feels like uh, they're just they're going to get in and they're going to lose by thirty, and they're still not going to re-sign Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, nor should they. With uh, okay, now this is me just ranting about the Giants. I'm a Giants fan, but what were your thoughts about last night's crazy Sunday nighter? So a few thoughts in the first place to touch on your observation around the success of the Giants this year. It's wholly a function to me of Brian Dayball and the institutional stability that he delivered, the, the coaching staff that he arrived with. He arrived yeah. with a game plan, and he had an idea about how to maximize the talents of the, the, the guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball, the Giants, um, because it's a whole bunch of no-names. And, and, and yet, you know, they have a, a whole series of, of one-score games and games that they won at the end in, in the fourth quarter. And to me, that, that's just coaching. Uh, what was disappointing for Washington especially was this weird phenomena that's, that, that is, I, I can't think of another time where this occurred. They played the Giants two weeks ago, then they had their bye, then they played the Giants again. And really yeah. those two games are going to chart the course for Washington as to whether or not they make the playoffs. They got a tie in New York. They had a full week to game plan and think about how they might tackle this Giants team. In the meantime, the Giants are getting – absolutely annihilated by the Eagles, and they show up here on Sunday night in front of a national office, uh, uh, audience I'm talking about, the Washington team here, and laid an absolute egg in terms of approach and concept. Now, the uh, officiating was against Washington, but you can't really complain about NFL officiating. The only thing that I will offer, and it's one of my my favorite uh, pastimes to engage in conspiracy theories, if The NFL had any inclination that Dan Snyder is not going to do the thing that they really are are hoping and and insisting upon in in all of the ways they they can uh, bring it to bear about, you know, this this Washington franchise. If he's not prepared to sell the whole thing and take the $7 billion and move on with his life, I think them putting him on this national stage, his team on this national stage, and then showing him the subtle ways <laughs> that the, the team can be tortured. Yeah, that this is. I think that's what was going on last night. I love it, and uh, I, I love conspiracies as well. They make sports a lot more fun. You don't think? I think I just realized in the middle of this. Usually, whenever you come on, we talk football or we talk basketball or often food, and we'll end with a, a drink question. Um, what's uh, just is how high in the headlines is Alexander Ovechkin right now? Who's going for goal number eight hundred one tonight to tie Gordie Howe? 
So it, it's it's a lead item here in Washington, and every game here in Washington is, is a big sellout. But you know, hockey's still you know yeah. kind of dwarfed on, on the national scene here in the U.S. But here in Washington, it, it's wonderful to have you know this thing. Now that the, the team isn't very good, and you know the the approach by ownership was to basically trot out as as many parts of the Stanley Cup winning team from, you know, four or five seasons ago and keep that together and just let it be Ovi riding off into the sunset with these, these goals records. Um, it, that seems like the approach to me, at least. I don't know. Um, but they, because they don't seem very competitive in a, in a Stanley Cup kind of way. But, you know, it's, it's a fun thing. That the, it's fun to go to the, the hockey games here in Washington. And, and, you know, he keeps on doing it. It's unbelievable. Russian machine don't yeah. break. Oh no, he's he. Austin Matthews has already missed more games in his career than uh, than Ovechkin in his 18th season. It's crazy. Um, nutmeg or cinnamon? What is your preferred accoutrement for your your eggnog and rum? Do do I have to choose? Why why wouldn't I just do both? All right, no, you can do that. So a, a, a little bit a fifty fifty. Is it a fifty fifty split on the two? I like I like the the cinnamon a little bit stronger. As as the the you know overall palate, but you know and that that's a function of um, what cookies I'm having with the uh, right. with the with the with the nog. But look, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> to each his own with the ratio. I just am not. I don't have to choose, so I'm not going to. I like it. It's 2022. Freedom of all your choices. By the way, I once. Yeah, hell yeah. I once um, put a thing of eggnog in the freezer and then only opened it in the summer so I could have a rum and eggnog standing on my dock in my cottage in the middle of the summer. It was delightful. Genius. Wow. Yes. What a mad yeah. wizard you are, Matt Cos. That's spectacular. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to yeah. keep that also, in mind. I just worry about a creamy drink. Is it like ice cream then? Yeah, 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 no, it's fine. It's, uh, I'm here today talking to you, so no, I survived. It was well <laughs> worth it, and I do have to lose about 20 pounds. Hey, Joe, as we let you go, where can people, uh, where can people find your work? You, uh, great job on, on the pod talking all things NFL betting, but where can people find you? Yeah, so uh, Tuesdays, East Coast Bias on the Ringer gambling uh, podcast feed, and then on Fridays I'm on with Warren Sharp doing the breakdown of the entire NFL slate. The East Coast Bias Show, we're doing uh, NFL and NBA. And then I'm jumping on with Bill Simmons whenever I can figure out how to invite myself on there. So uh, anywhere on the ringer, there's NFL or NBA, you, you, you will find me. At House from D.C. is, is the, the tag. I'm trying to work my way on every single thing they have to offer at the ringer. I love it. Sober, drunk, or anywhere in between. It's always a great listen. Thanks so much for joining the show today. Thanks, Matt. Always a pleasure. Take care. That is Joe Housen, again, contributor at the ringer uh coming up on the other side we'll uh, we'll look into some of our our favorite bets and some crazy gambling stories from the weekend and we'll do that after traffic which is brought to you by JanPro, proudly serving canadian businesses for over 25 years put your trust in JanPro, the leader in commercial cleaning and disinfection services visit janpro.ca today time now for traffic hey this is Gameplay on TSN 1050. See, that's a cool G, Daddy Ona. You gotta let it ride. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Coss. Hope everyone's having a good Monday. 
I see in my notes here, on this day, Raging Bull was released. My producer, Josh, puts in brackets, Matt, are you a Rocky or a Raging Bull guy? So here's the answer to that, Josh. When I'm out at parties and when I'm ever invited to the cool guy club, I have to say Raging Bull because it's the more artistic film and you know and it is it's the more artistic film in a lot of ways it is the better movie it is gorgeous uh it's one of marty scorsese's masterpieces robert de niro is brilliant as the boxer jake lamada however you also got to do the remote control test if i'm flipping and on one channel is raging bull and the other is rocky four brother i'm staying on rocky four i am watching all of that so I guess I have to say I'm a Rocky guy. They do. I, th- I think so. Like the, Both of them have an impact um, on their own and to themselves, Matt. And each have a different story, right? I, what am I turning on? I, I think I'll turn on Rocky as well. You, yeah, you, can't, it, you really can't go wrong with any of the Rocky movies. movies. No. But no. Oh, no. Ranging Bull yeah. is a masterpiece. It is. It, it is arguably a masterpiece. go down as... I've heard it's one of the greatest, like, in quotations, sports movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely it is. But it's just not as rewatchable. I'd still rather watch Rocky do a montage and no. go fight Drago on Christmas Day in Russia than I am to uh, watching uh, the life of, uh, of Jake LaMotta. Matt, before, before we move on, yeah. did you yeah, yeah. like the, the, the addition of Creed, those, those two, two double yeah, movies I, on, the, on this conversation? I like the- I like the first one. I have uh, I, I didn't. Yeah, I enjoyed the first one. Um, second one, not not as much. Not the, as much. The only problem is when when the, it, it just seems like every the, the villain they just get more roided out each and every time. It's like, all right, like just calm down. You know, t- t- too much focus on on how I, I need a little more character development. But well, I did like I did like the first one. Agreed. It was awesome that you got to see Rocky yeah. help him train him. Yeah. Oh him yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally incredible. All movie films in, in that kind of sector, I'm a, I'm a fan of those boxing-type films. I'm a fan of any montage. You give me a sports montage, doesn't matter what the movie is, I am 100% in. Like, there's this, Very truthful. Catnip for me. Uh, the Leafs trading Dennis Malgin for Dryden Hunt. There's, it's not really much of a story. Malgin had his chances. Had two goals early, but didn't, hasn't done much since. And he had a chance. Like he was on that line with Tavares and Marner, and he, he spent stretches on there, but hasn't able to produce. A 17-game stretch didn't score a goal. And to me, it, it still goes to the bigger question, and it's one that we've been having since last year, is who is on that other wing position? You know, who you got Marner at right, you got Tavares at center, but they've tried on Engvall and Kerfoot and Robertson and you name them. It's it's still one of the issues with the Maple Leafs who lose five two to the Capitals. Uh, uh, you know, Gustafson gets his first ever career hat trick. Uh, Samsonov bad night for him. Five goals on twenty three shots. Uh, a couple of them, the the, the Trevor Van Riemsdyk goal that made it two one. That was bad. It was either Samsonov was bad or Kuznetsov with some incredible passes. Uh, but a tough night. Uh, Charlie Lindgren was great for the Capitals. Uh, but again, um, uh, Samsonov's first really bad game with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, real quick, in terms of just some lines out there, I hate to say it, but do you have to go with Philadelphia tonight against the Raptors, a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050? I feel like you've got to go with Philly even uh, at minus 7. The Raptors defensively have been a mess. There's no OG Ananobi in the lineup, but 
You know, the Raptors got killed by Golden State, and there was no Steph Curry. Meanwhile, Philly, they've won. They're looking for their fifth straight win. They just beat Golden State by 12. Uh, Joel Embiid has scored at least 30 points in six straight games. It feels like it's take the Philly and bet the over of 31.5 points for Joel Embiid at minus 122. Uh, but those, it, it, is that too obvious, those picks? It doesn't seem that obvious um, in a way. Like, I, I, you can definitely tell the the way the books are going here. Like, oh, we know it's an easy lock. 76ers are going to win this game. Yeah. But the Raptors are coming in mad. Yeah. On the back-to-back, there is something to play for. They do enjoy playing in the city of brotherly love. Yes. I feel like there's just a different spark whenever they walk into the to that arena, and mm-hmm. they know what's coming. But if I had to Maybe pick the choice yeah. here, Matt, I would probably go... Along the 76ers minus seven, take that spread. Yeah. Even though it might be a close game, and just down the stretch, I just don't see the Raptors stepping up in that big scheme. But there was some news today that OG Ananobi is upgraded to questionable. questionable. Okay. So that's, uh, that that's might news. add a hint into the betting picks. They lose by on a buzzer beater by Kyrie, losing to the Nets on Friday night. But the defense was horrible. Brooklyn shot 18 of 20 on the rim. On Sunday, they lose by 26 points. No Steph Curry. Also, no Andrew Wiggins. So the Raptors dropped their fifth straight game. It's a tough weekend for Toronto. And now they're going up against a Philly team that is playing its best basketball. So it's going to, I mean, listen, you want to wash away the bad taste of that weekend, you find a way to win tonight. But it's also back-to-back. That They're in tough. Again, that game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. Uh, Coming up on the other side, it was just an incredible weekend of NFL. And joining us to break it all down, Dominic Padula from TSN Edge. And I'll tell you just how much were the Colts favored by at one point on, on Saturday. The number is crazy. And we will get into that in just a moment. I'm Matthew Goss. You are listening to a gameplay right here on TSN 1050. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. This is found money. I want to parlay it. I want to make a big score. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. A reminder... To you few, you proud, who are still alive in the first up football survivor pool, make sure to go to tsn1050.ca and put your pick in. Last person standing will score a free set of Rodex tires along with install at your local cow tire as well as 2500 bucks in cash. TSN1050's first up football survivor pool sponsored by Rodex, an exclusive cow tire. Cal Tire brand. I don't know why I would struggle with that. I just struggle with that entire read. Ridiculous on my part. The show will now be saved from TSN Edge, senior sports betting analyst. It is Dominic Padula. Dominic, thanks so much for joining the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a good four-month stretch, and I'm going to start this appearance on your show by referring to one of the first bets that I gave out on gameplay. It was back in the summer. I don't know oh. if you remember. It was the one team that I was fading the whole summer. Finally cashed the first bet with them. Chicago Bears under six and a half wins is officially oh. a winner today. That it, Congratulations to that. 
Um, I also bet that the Giants would have under eight wins, and now I owe Aaron Karolnik a dinner because, uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, the Giants beating Washington. They go over their win total, and now I am bitter. Um, speak, and, but I have the Eagles winning the – I bet the Eagles to win the division right after they traded for A.J. Brown. So I will win that one, but my Giants bet is now lost. Uh, amazing, Dominic. Amazing. At least you got that Eagles one. Yep. Yeah, I got that one. Uh, actually, I, eh, I got to go take a look back. Probably just a house of horrors. I love the fact that at one point on Saturday, you could have had the Vikings at plus 5,500, so 55 to 1, to win that game against the Colts. They're down 30. Actually, I feel that number should be even higher, considering they're down 33 nothing, the largest comeback in the history of the NFL. Um, like, If you were going to look back at the crazy weekend of football, how high is that Vikings game? Number one, um, and look, like I think everybody that does this long enough will have their shares of highs and lows betting on the NFL. If you're on the right side of that Vikings comeback, it's an absolute treat. If you bet them in game, maybe you didn't grab them at 55 to one, but maybe you grabbed them at five to one down a couple of scores. Maybe you had them in a parlay going into the game and you're just happy that they won. Maybe. If you're still alive in a survivor pool, you have the Vikings as well. But coming back from 33 points, we talked about it. Uh, me and the, and, and the guys from the Edge team today were just laughing at the thought of, you know, for just Saturday, you really just feel bad for the guy. Like, he takes on the job, and there's so much criticism and what he's got to handle. And then, you know, they, they win a game, and there's a little bit of excitement. Like, you know, this isn't that bad. And, and, and then... Then you suffer the worst collapse in NFL history, and you've got to come to work the next day just thinking about, oh, my goodness, like that's going to be something that it's going to be a very long time before any team tops that mark. So this is an unbelievable ride. And, you know, we were joking a little bit about the fact that after if that happened on a Sunday night football, that'd be the talk on Monday. But with the World Cup and then Cincinnati's comeback win and then the way the Patriots yeah. blew their game, it's just like – there's just another story this weekend, which is a testament to how wild the NFL is. It is. It is. It is totally wild. Well, let's let's go through them all. Um, Brady was 89 and 0 when leading by at least 17 points, and then yeah. I think it was four straight possessions where he turned the ball over. Dominic, are we now allowed to start to have the conversation of is Tom Brady done? Yes, absolutely. Now is the time. And as somebody that was adamant years ago that he wasn't done before his three more Super Bowls, I'm I'm totally aboard with that concept now. And I think a lot of it is just in what you're seeing from him. Yes, there's the fact that, again, they lose that game yesterday and the way he played in the second half, I think that could help cement it. But this is a guy that, you know, underdog back-to-back weeks for the first time since 2014, Tampa Bay has been a top 10 Super Bowl choice all year, but they never really look like a contending team. You really are starting to see the disparity between the perception of what Tom Brady and the Buccaneers can be and what they actually are. The fact that Carolina couldn't take care of business against Pittsburgh yesterday by uh. a little bit more time before you put that nail in the coffin, but I think we're pretty close to cementing it, and it could be on New Year's Day when Tampa Bay plays Carolina. They might not get to the playoffs at this point. No, it's, uh, the funny thing is, is I am rooting for Tampa to lose 
until there's an actual playoff game. And like, it's funny the idea of Carolina or Atlanta winning that division because it's just an indictment of how bad it is. But then mm-hmm. when the playoff game begins and suddenly I got to be rooting for Sam Darnold, at oh, some point, God. at that point, I will miss Tom Brady. I wish Tom Brady was out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it will be awful. There's no yeah. way to sugarcoat it. No matter who comes out of that division, it's just not going to be must-watch football. Let's, uh, let's spin the wheel of NFL. So, Dominic, I give you this. Patrick Mahomes has only five incompletions, has two touchdowns. The team has 502 total yards. Houston is 219. How the hell did Kansas City not win and easily cover that game? Houston's the worst team in the league. Mahomes puts up incredible numbers, and yet the game goes to overtime. Beware of the Texans. I, I, I think you remember a couple of weeks ago, my best bet was the Dolphins team total over 30 and a half. They scored 30 in the first half. Yes. For another point the rest of the way, a lot of people were on that Chiefs team total. Again, over 31 and a half yesterday at FanDuel. Come up this short, they don't cover. It's it's a it's a it's a great story and the fact that like look the the Texans regardless of talent have fought so hard for Lovey Smith all season and it hasn't always been pretty for me personally I'm cheering on the Texans because I want them to get out of the basement of the NFL because I'm cheering for the Bears to finish in that basement but that's back to back weeks first it was against the Cowboys they cover as a 17 point dog it was the biggest spread of the season and then last week they take Kansas City to overtime. It's that weird time of the year where motivation is going to be a big part of, of ever handicapping every game. And I think for the Chiefs, you saw that prime letdown spot. They got the W, same way that the Cowboys got yeah. the win the week before. But when it comes to those double-digit spreads at this point of the year, it's going to be buyer beware if you like playing chalk. Is there a, a team right now that you're really getting on board from a betting perspective, like maybe Jacksonville, and is there another team? And who's the team that sort of scares you the most? Maybe it's Kansas City, but just the team that kind of scares you the most right now. Yeah, I, we were talking about Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. I thought the mm. Bengals were a team yes. that, you know, with all of the injuries on offense and then the coming together on defense, I think they – they showed us last year when they peaked at the right time, and I, all signs are pointing towards that happening again. They they really haven't been healthy on offense all year. Jamar Chase took his turn out. T. Higgins has been banged up all season. Joe Mixon, if they could be healthy come playoff time, I think they're going to be as tough an out as any team in the AFC. And the way it's shaping, uh, it looks like it could be Kansas City again that they play. And so we know the head-to-head dominance of Burrow versus Mahomes. He's won three straight, so we'll see how that plays out in the AFC. In the NFC, though, you know, it's it's strange to say it, but in terms of an NFC team, I, I still think San Francisco with the pieces that they have, especially the defense, which still I don't think it's enough credit. All the talk is about Purdy and recently so can he do enough at the quarterback position, but I think that the way that defense is playing, when they match up against Philadelphia and Dallas or Minnesota in the NFC, it could come down to just Brock Purdy not making mistakes. So those are two teams I, I noticed both teams ticked down in terms of their Super Bowl odds this week, both coming off impressive wins. They're plus 750 to win it all. The team that I got my eye on that I really want to see what happens is one that we already talked about. It's Minnesota. Minnesota is very fascinating to me because I think everybody is in agreement that they are overrated for a team based on their record. But what interests me is their ability to win games. Um, it, it's not necessarily that they're winning pretty, but 
we saw it against Indianapolis. They were down 33 points at the half. They could have very well packed things up and headed home. They came back and won the game. So this is a Minnesota team. They beat Buffalo. They've got a couple of impressive wins on their schedule so far this year. In terms of point differential and consistency, obviously they're not in that elite tier like when we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles or, or even the Chiefs, even though they're not covering. But Minnesota stands out as a team where I just want to see come playoff time, what is the best the Vikings have to offer? Because I, I, I still don't think we've seen it. And I think they got a couple of cheat codes there. Justin Jefferson's one of them where, you, you know, you could have him, he could be double covered and he could still get open. And it's a matter of can Kirk Cousins get him the ball? Hawkinson's kind of been worked into the mix there. They still have Dalvin Cook. Their defense is atrocious. And they're going to face some tough matchups, regardless of whether it's Philly, San Fran, Dallas, et cetera, in the NFC. But I just want to see what's the best that Minnesota has to offer, because I don't think we've seen it yet. No, and, and the problem also is everyone's always going to bet against Minnesota because, as I've said, everyone in the planet hates Kurt Cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominic, uh, b- before, I, before I let you go, uh, the Monday nighter, it's Rams, it's Green Bay. This is the reason why it's good to put down five bucks on a bet because this game's going to stink. But uh, is there, what, what is, uh, people can check out your work at TSN Edge, Morning Coffee. Usually you give your favorite bet for the primetime game, so the Monday night game. So what do you like tonight? Yeah, Tutu Atwell, over 32.5 receiving yards, five catches for 50 yards last week, and the comeback went over the Raiders. I think they got going a little bit late with Baker Mayfield. I think another week of practice. He's gone for 48-plus receiving yards in three of his last four. So I think against this Packers defense, I think there's going to be an opportunity to throw a little bit, and I I think Atwell only needs one or two catches to go over 32.5. So I got Tutu Atwell over 32.5 receiving yards as my best bet for tonight. Dominic, always appreciate. Thank you so much for joining the show. And again, check his workout at tsn.ca slash edge. And if you ever, you know, if you're going to watch the game tonight, you might as well put down five bucks, make it at least a little bit more interesting. Thanks so much for joining the show. Thanks so much. Enjoy the game. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe between that, that's my flip option between that and the Raptors taking on the Philadelphia 76ers, a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. All right, on the other side, sound of the day, and it is the, the triumphant moment when Argentina won the World Cup, and it's a great call, and we'll get that to you right after traffic. It's the Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Been hearing that that was not only the greatest World Cup final, it's one of the greatest football matches of all time. Argentina beats France in a shootout, and or penalty kick, excuse me, not a shootout, in penalties. Uh, 4-2 in penalties. It was 3-3 after after regulation, after extra time. An incredible, incredible match. Lionel Messi gets his first World Cup. Uh, just there's The superlatives we could use on this go through the roof. So instead of me yammering about it, that is the subject of today's Sound of the Day. Sound of the Day! Sound of the Day! Here comes the Sound of the Day! And yes, I agree. That was a really awkward throw. It's just you're just trying to find the right way to su- to summarize that incredible match. So instead, we got two calls. Let's first uh, uh, first the TV call of Argentina's win. 
Montiel. And then my favorite call, this is from Telemundo. Goosebumps. <laughs> uh, it is. It's it, it's total goosebumps. And I, I I watched that call as well, like that announcer doing it, and you could see how choked up he is because he is of Argentinian descent. So obviously he was absolutely thrilled. And in what was so many different games in one game, and I think my favorite thing about it is you didn't see it coming. You just assumed, oh okay, it's time just to celebrate Messi and Argentina. They're up two nil. France didn't register a shot until 71 minutes in, you know. And, they, and the funny thing is, go back and if you go back and watch it, like right before uh, the penalty, that uh, the penalty kick uh, by Mbappe that made it that cut it to two one. Go back like a minute and a half before that, and there was Argentina just whacking the ball around in complete control. And at that point, if someone had told you, oh, no, 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 this game is going to be tied at two, and then in extras, both teams are going to score, and it's going to have to go uh, to penalties. Like, just, it was, it was incredible. And listening to our broadcast afterwards, they were talking about it as, you know, the greatest World Cup game ever. And, uh, Josh, it's kind of hard to argue. That's so hard to argue. When you have many people around the world, not only fans, but people throughout media, professionals saying, that is the best World Cup slash soccer slash football game I have yeah. ever seen in my life. And the stats and the, the history and all the milestones that were created in that game is just, it's precious. It, it, that's, yeah. the, that's the way to describe a game like that um, outside of soccer, outside of football, as a sport and sports yeah. in general. To say, like, yeah. we, we got to see a, a, a masterclass performance Any- from both teams. And you got everything you wanted. What did you want? You wanted the stars to perform. Okay, well, Mbappe's going to get you. Uh, is going to get you a hat trick, and Messi's going to score a couple goals, and Messi's going to be all over the uh, all over the pitch. You know, played a huge part in that second goal. I mean, it, it had everything that you could ask for. It was almost the stereotype. It's like, okay, uh, what would you like to see? Oh, I'd like to see the stars uh, shine. And how about six goals? And we're like, okay, shut up. That's not going to happen. And that's exactly what. Happened. Spectacular. 172 goals scored yeah. at the FIFA World Cup. New tournament record. Yep. Beat it so. by one. Beat it by you needed all six of those goals because the old record was 171. So you needed all you needed all of that to get it over the previous uh, the previous record. Uh, the, the news not big. Uh, Dennis Malgan traded from uh, to Colorado for forward Dryden Hunt. This will be the third team that Dryden Hunt's played on this year. Um, to me, the bigger conversation is, will the Leafs be able to find someone who can be on that line with Tavares and Mitch Marner on a consistent basis? Will it be Yarncroft, 
um, we will find out who uh, returned to practice with the Maple Leafs today. Leafs lose over the weekend 5-2 to the Capitals. I tell you Washington scores five goals and that Alexander Ovechkin plays over 18 minutes. And then I ask you, how many points do you think you got? He that he got, you'd probably say, I don't know, probably a couple. Didn't get a point. It was all defensemen. It was a bad game for Samsonov. Five goals on uh, on 23 shots. Nylander scored. Matthew scored as well, but too little too late. A tough weekend for the Raptors. Lose on a buzzer beater on Friday night. A Kyrie Irving buzzer beater. They lose 119-116. Then on Sunday, ugh. They lose by 26 to a Warriors team with no Wiggins, no Steph Curry. And, and again, the Raptors' defense. I, I think that's probably been the biggest disappointment. We know that the Raptors' offense is going to come and go. We know there's going to be um, you know, growing pains with Scotty Barnes. Like, we accept that. But the defense has been really bad. And here's how crazy of an NFL weekend. Like, th- this is how I'm going to sum it up, Josh, about how crazy the weekend Roller coaster was. weekend. Yeah, and I'm including Saturday and Sunday. This weekend was so wild that... Justin Herbert got the ball in a 14-14 game at his own 23-yard line with 44 seconds left and no timeouts, and he drove the Chargers the length of the field to beat the Titans on a short 43-yard field goal. You know, on most weeks, that's like one of the number one stories, what Herbert did. Young quarterback, sexy team, everyone loves rooting for the Chargers. And that's probably not even the top three biggest stories from the NFL this weekend. That just got shadowed. From the yeah. snow mm-hmm. to multiple overtimes from a lateral pass to Burrow coming back from 17 points against Tom Brady. Yeah. Matt, if next week could be just half of this, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's set. the way we have to look at it. And you didn't even mention the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. By Can you believe that? Yeah. That just got shadowed too. Greatest yep. comeback in NFL history. Minnesota Great Vikings. Work. Yeah, I know. Ugh. <laughs> Great work by you, Josh. Thank that you so is much. it for me. Hayes, McLennan, Frank Corrado are coming up next. And then it is Raptors taking on the 76ers. Gameplay on TSN 1050 was brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Time now for traffic.